nice things. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another fun-packed, thrill-filled edition of Nice Things. Nice Things. The antidote to modern living. And joining me, Sir Michael Livesley, this week we have... My name's Paul Carmichael, and the needle on my record player broke this morning, and I can't express how upsetting that is. Ooh. It's awful. Ooh. Not Dreadful. happy. Dreadful. Not happy. And you see, I mean, you've got the lovely Amazon man who drops things off. Yes. And I thought, okay, well, let's see. Let's get one of those quickly. And assuming maybe that that would be one of those order now, get it today by 10. No. Yeah. Got, got to wait till Monday. Has it got to come from Germany or something? Yes, it's got to come from Germany, from Dusseldorf. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like, have you the same pet? Um, nah. Yes. Yeah. Is it one of those record players that has a couple that can fit it active and all this other business? Or is it straightforward? All that sort of thing. Oh. Yeah, so. Do you yeah, remember the, the 9 so, o'clock news sketch in the hi-fi shop? Oh, do you want tweeters and woofers? No, I yeah. don't. Well, you've got them. They're in your speakers. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Oh, I love all yeah. that. I love all Wonderful. that. Wonderful. Yeah, buying a record player needle is not like it was when I was a kid. I mean, we had this uh, HMV thing that was a stereogram that was a table. Ooh. Do you remember them? I do, yeah. My granddad had one of those. Lovely pieces yeah. of wood. And you mm. just put like two P's and one P's on the stylus if the record jumped. That's right, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah I but remember now, that very well. Yeah. Not like no. that now, unfortunately, no. Now you've got to look for serial numbers and things mm. like that. And it's a proper sort of game of roulette, seeing if you're going oh, yes. to actually get the right one or not. So God knows I'll find out on Monday. It's a great faff, isn't it? I woke at 6.20 this morning. 6.19, mm. I think it was anyway. That's when I looked at the clock. Um, phone. Why am I lying? I don't have a clock. No one has a clock. Nobody's got a clock, Michael. <laughs> um, I actually have on the wall, but not in the bedroom. Um, I've got one there, but no, yes, yeah. And uh, I woke up and I was in serenity. It was lovely. And then it was like, huh! I had a start. And it was because <laughs> I realised it was the heating had been on all night. And it, I was just like thinking of, you know, blackmailing Monty Python. Yeah. The bloody things going round the money. Yes. And call now. So I was like, that shit, how much does this eating cost? Because I've obviously had it on all night. And then I realised it was like, before I could even get my head together on the expense, I was thinking, I've got wet washing in the washer. I should have coupled these things. So this sort of value equation is going through my head. And it's just like, it's like Russell Crowe in Beautiful Man or something like that you've never seen it but it doesn't matter um and i was just thinking jesus christ how much has this cost me anyway so i before i'd even open my eyes really i ran down the stairs and had all the washing on the radiators and then spent half an hour fathoming out how you try and turn the bloody heating off not easy not oh, easy no. uh but I, not as I, difficult got as buying little, that thing no i've got a little um box um on i the, have I've, I've, but this is remote control. It's weird. It's not connected to this anything. This is. This should that's, be on. This. That it is. It is it one of them. That's the sort of thing. That's yeah. it. And I did the same this morning. Last night, bit chilly. I thought, well, let's go for seventeen degrees and just have the place mildly freezing instead of yeah. Baltic. Seventeen degrees, lovely this morning. Who? Exactly Warm. the same. Yeah. Wow. It must be in the air. I had this bastard because I was getting a a late night bath. Um, I decided after a day of putting up shelves, I was going to have yeah. a late night bath. Um, yeah. And so I put it up to 22. <gasps> All night. So that's like 5,000 quid that that will be, won't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's going to cost yes. me a fortune. 
So as, as a result, uh, you find probably my colleague here, but definitely me, very low on energy today. Terribly low on energy. Today. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Harden in it in there. Um, I'll come to you. <laughs> yes. It is. Yes. Yeah. Knackered is Absolutely the phrase. knackered. But it's Easter oh, yeah. break. It's not Easter yet. It's Easter break. Yeah. and It's the and, Easter break. And we're off so work. We, we're off work. Get to fanny about for a bit. Apart from yes. all those days that we've said we'll go into work to work on uh, shows. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> yes, but we do enjoy that. Let's be honest. Well, that's the enjoyable bit. Yes. So, uh, yes. So you find us knackered, but happy for a little break at this point. Knackered. So. Very knackered. It's yes. a, actually a beautiful day as well. There's, mm. I would say, there's not a cloud in the sky, but that's a lie. But it's, it's like them, uh, you know, them Simpsons clouds. Um, what they call monkeys onculus or something like that. That's the sort of thing. Peking yeah. homunculus. Yes, and, and that thing. And it's oh, yeah, well, there's none here. Oh, proper oh, blue sky. But you're by the oh, seaside, dear. I'm by the seaside. Very yes. nice. So, any um, sort of how are the how are the strolls along the beach? At this time of year, I should imagine they're glorious. They are glorious. Now, the ideal thing I find to do at the moment, because um, sunset is still around about the sort of quarter to six mark. Sunrise, mm. rather, is around the quarter to six in the morning uh, point. So just maybe a little wander down to the front. Oh, can't beat that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I was going to ask you something then, which would have given your secret location away. Oh, so, dear. Uh, so we shan't oh, no. do that. Well, people can't get in anyway without the relevant paperwork and a passport. Well, so. this is very true. Do they still have the holding cages at the train station? We have that. And also we've installed some new cages, which a um, bit like the Iron Maiden, where you can sort of hang corpses of people yes. who've broken through the barrier. Well, you just hang them on the avenue yeah. that comes down to the village. And just a little warning. That's all. Yes, yes. A warning to the curious and the common. Yes, absolutely. Um, I was impressed at a tale you told me yesterday all about trains and replacement buses and stuff, that you knew the woman's <coughs> name on the ticket desk at the train station. Oh, yes, Nicky. You definitely live in 1954. Absolutely. There are two people who man the ticket desk. There's Nicky and there's Dave. Yes. And Nicky likes to have a chat about all sorts of things. Dave doesn't. But Dave's very ah. friendly. He's just not interested, which is good. No. That's what men should be. Friendly, but not interested. They generally are. But yes. you are neither. Oh, hang on. No, you are neither when it comes to a chap you encounter at this very location who dresses like you. The, tra the chap who's trying to become me. Who you will find in your front room one day, Roger Moore style, and the man who wasn't I will. there. Absolutely. Something like that is going to happen. Yeah. Now, the thing is, this is happening over time. I was having a think about this. Mm. Um, this is happening over time. He's been travelling the route now about three years. And over time, all of a sudden, we're going for waistcoats. And we're going for sort of maybe tartany Rupert Burr type trousers. Really, are we now? Okay. Oh, you've got some Doc Martens, have you? And Scott. Right. No, that's it. And now he's got this leather bag. The man yes, is trying to become bag is, me. Uh, you know, um, uh, viewers and listeners should note that uh, Paul has. I'm happy to admit what I've done here. Yes, I'm photographic evidence it. of this man who's trying to yes. usurp his position in the universe, and he does uh, have your bag. He's got my bag. He's got my trousers. He's got absolutely everything. Yeah. I'm quite distressed by this. I feel I must stalk him properly. 
You need to find out who this man is and where he lives, don't you? You need to. You know. Mm. You do. He lives in the village. Ah, I know that. In the village. In the village somewhere. You know, normally, of course. Normally, you know, we'd be able to just sort of access every single person because there's not many of us here. So I know, for example, whether the druid who drives a miniature Chinese fire engine, I know where he lives. Well, you would. I know... Oh, yeah. I know where sure the, the German... police do also, and he has to go and sign the register. I would think so. <laughs> I I know where the German chap lives, who just drives around planting sunflowers. That's all he does. I know where he lives, but oh. I don't know where this man lives. Sunflowers that will last a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I mean, is that lovely sort of twee place that you do live? You know what I mean. That's it. Yeah. Um, Everybody knows everything. Yeah, well, that's everyone. quite nice, isn't it? I don't mind that at all. That's a I nice thing. That. That's a very nice thing. It's you know, a it's nice the most thing. ridiculously stereotypical place. We've got the sea just there. We've got the church just on the hill. Then there's the forest. It's a bit like something. When I try and think of what it's a bit like, it's a bit like something from Wind in the Willows. Really, we've got the wild wood. We've mm. got the river. We've got the old church. Oh, yes, it's very nice. Very nice. Yes, you've done very well for yourself, dear. It's more of a winter place, though, I find. Ah. Largely because in the summer, other people think that they're allowed to visit. Mm, the common from Concreton always descend upon the local beauty spots, don't they, when the sun comes up? I should imagine they'll be heading down there now, banging on your window. The can of, what is it, strong fruit cider? What's it called? Dark fruits. Dark fruit cider left on the window still. Yes, that's it. I am considering getting CCTV. Yes, well, you're by the sea. Absolutely, and I, I think this will be a very sensible thing to do. So that's possibly going to happen as well over there. Oh, that could be a little summer project. Installing CCTV because one man once banged on my window at four o'clock. Yes, in the well, it's, it's by no means an overreaction. But um, so. mention of CCTV brings us seamlessly to the mm. nice thing that's being released next week, 1984 then. 1984. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's been a bit of a... You know a lot about this. That's been a bit of a bone of contention well, for a it few has, years, hasn't it? hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, 1984 is a strange one, a bit like most of the Orwell um, mm. estate. Um, people talk a lot about, um, for example, the Beckett estate, Samuel Beckett's estate, which is really so controlled that um, if you want to put on a production of mm. Waiting for Godot or something like that... All of a sudden, yes, I heard that too. All of a sudden. You're going to do this, what we hate in other people's podcasts when the outlook noise goes. I'm and, going to um, turn the outlook noise down. It did yeah, go. Yeah. It's gone. It won't be happening again. Sorry about that, listeners. Um, so anyway, yeah. So if you want to perform a piece by Beckett, then what you've got to do is you've got to strictly adhere to the stage directions. Um, famously, there was a production... I think it was in Dublin, maybe about 15 years ago. And I think it was Godot. And what they did with that was they, instead of having all the characters live, they had two of them, which were TV screens um, on either side of the stage. Innovative way of doing it. Plus, it means the actors just need to record and then they don't have to turn up every night. I think it may have been something like it only had two actors and they both played one of the people on the TV set. So it was all interlinked. Lovely. Beckett State said no. Beckett State said that's not in the script, is it? Closed. Arseholes. Yes. So then, but, then we come to the Orwellian Orwell Estate, which is right. interesting. So, 
It's not the estate of George Orwell. That's the first thing. It's the estate of his wife, Sonia, mm, who died yeah. after him. Now, that complicates things a little bit. Right. So when I, about five years ago, I suddenly got it into my head that I didn't have enough to do, which I did, I thought, I'll write a stage version of 1984. That's what I'm going to do. From the book, I'll do that. So I contacted the uh, people who have the estate of the late Sonia Browning Orwell, um, and they were fine, and they were happy for me to do it, but my God, they wanted to check every single word that I had right. down there. Every word, to make sure I wasn't deviating from that text at all. And I was red-penned quite a bit during this process. Wow. Then we come to 1984. Now, the film version with John Hurt, that's been available constantly since 1984. Mm. The version we're talking about, of course, is 1954. Mm. Live BBC version with yes. Peter Cushing. And uh, the rather lovely Rudolf Cartier directing it. Yes, the second <coughs> transmission, isn't it? The first one um, didn't get recorded. And the first one, famously, hasn't it got like a Mickey Mouse thing that they had to replace for the second one due to rights? That's right. Disney. So, yeah, it's. Um, I think it's to do with when they go into O'Brien's junk shop. Yes. And Cushing picks something up and talks about how beautiful it is. And it's this piece of Disney tat. Yeah. And that would have been there in that first performance. In the second performance, no, Disney says no. Right, well, that's okay. the thing, isn't it? In 1954, how hot and keen were their lawyers? Or maybe, oh. I can't remember, you know, I think it was in one of those, I think I may have read about it in potentially one of those Dreamwatch bulletins. Was it Dreamwatch mm. that became? Yeah, it did Dreamwatch. Or TV right. Zone. You know, one of those magazines. They were great magazines. I used to love those magazines. But there was TV an article Zone. in it. And maybe yeah. it was just them being prudent. But either way, it's it was gone for the second. Yeah, by the second, uh, he picks up a snow globe. Yeah. And gives it a shake, and there it is. And it's, it's a brilliant production, isn't it? Because it was done mm. live. I think you've got about a total of 15 minutes of film played in. Yeah. And the rest of it was done live from Alexandra Palace. Mm. Um, and everything was live. So you've got Studio A and Studio B at Ali Pali. Studio A is where all the sets were. Studio B is where they, the orchestra was. And the orchestra are watching BBC television to get their cues to play the music in live. Amazing. Stunning. Absolutely Amazing. stunning stuff. Um, so... Uh, and and the production, I mean, it's pretty flawless for something that went mm. out live, I think. Um, there was apparently, during the the, uh, the um, transmission of it, things were fraught, because you've got the telly viewers, these wonderful eyes, um, and they've got a spinning bit on the bottom, which had to be operated by a crank handle. They had to go round the back of the set, and there's the hole, and you put the crank handle in and wind <coughs> it up so it would start spinning its eye. And whilst you're doing that, you think, oh, God, the other one's stopping. So you've got to run along the back of the set, Brilliant. wind the next one up and keep it going. And they lost the crank handle just as they went on air for that second recording. Brilliant. So whilst they're doing those opening scenes, everyone's running around looking for the crank handle before they all wind down. It's a beautiful production, but the Orwell Estate has blocked its release time and time and time again. Mm. Including about eight years ago with a lovely restoration job that had been done. Yeah. Um and the discs had been pressed, and they were in the warehouse ready to go out, and then the order goes, comes back from the estate of uh, George or what? No. No, you can't have it. Crazy. Destroyed. All copies destroyed. However, now 1984 is out of copyright, as of the 1st of January this year. Nothing right. to stop them. 
So uh, we finally get to see that. That comes out on Monday. And that's my Monday sorted. I don't care if the weather's beautiful. I'm going to sit indoors and watch black and white telly from 1954. Orwellian dystopian. Oh, it's an astonishing production. I mean, Mm. when did Orwell die? I know that the book was 1948, but I mean, didn't Orwell die round about then? Really soon after? Within a year, I think? I'm not um, sure about that, but um, oh, it, it wasn't look. very soon after you. Should we have a Google? Should we allow ourselves a Google? Yes, um, why not? So yeah, it was very soon after. He wasn't a well person, was he? Um, 1950. 1950. So two yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. It's 46 uh, when he croaked. Well, he caught yes. TB when he was living with the miners in Wigan, didn't he? That's the story. Oh yes. You know. There we go. That's the story. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But uh, the road to Wigan Pier, the best line from that is, Teeth's a misery. Why am I saying it in a cockney that we're from Wigan? Teeth's a misery. As a 21st birthday present. Well, he notes in that that as a 21st birthday present, most people in um, Wigan, the present they were given was a trip to the dentist to have all the teeth pulled out so that they wouldn't have to go through the pain of losing them and decay and all that other stuff. So people used to have... Because I don't know if your grandparents were like this, but old people, when I was a kid, they all wore false teeth. Because oh, yeah. when they were younger, they just had them all ripped out to save years of pain and stuff like that. It's it's uh, sort of, what do they call it? Uh, preventative medicine, I suppose. So that was, mm. uh, as Arwell noted, you know, that was a 21st birthday present. Right. I do remember my granddad, who was born, what, 1912. I do remember that he used to say that to clean their teeth, um, their dad, his dad, my great-granddad, for some reason got it into his head that the way you clean your teeth was, was with a, a rag, a damp rag, that you would dip into some coal dust. Coal dust, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you'd use the coal dust. You still Charcoal. see um, coal tar soap and stuff like that. I mean, mm. it is... I mean, specifically in Elizabethan ages, they used to... The soap was made from coal tar wasn't it and absolutely um, what was that didn't they put some form of zinc on the skin that was the whiteness that put um, big well, the, the makeup was lead based lead not the, zinc for the elizabethans yeah, yeah lead based so so when you see queen elizabeth all done up in the pure white um which of course the the higher your status the more white your skin mm, because you, you didn't would work not in the be, fields you didn't work toil the fields therefore you'd have white skin um but yeah lead based skin not yeah. the best not the best. No, not when you consider that um, it's the largest organ in the body. I mean, Ozzy Osbourne tells the story of when Black Sabbath were on tour in America in the 70s and they ended up staying at like the, the owner of DuPont Chemicals' house, this big bloody mansion, and they all got to stay there for a weekend. And, uh, and Ozzy's like, the garage was f- f- full of paint. So, you know, we, we painted geezer gold. And, of course, they painted him completely gold while he was asleep. And then, because you breathe through the epidermis, he just woke up instantly and he's like, because <gasps> every pore on his body was blocked. They had to rush him to hospital for emergency paint removal. God. Yeah. So, I mean, putting shit like that on your skin is not a wise move. Not a good move. Because didn't, was it Shirley Eaton they had to paint completely gold for um, the man with the golden gun? I yeah. Think. Um, and they had to make sure that they just stopped. I think it was on her back. They had to leave a strip. Yeah. And if they hadn't have left that strip, dead. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? You know, we don't think, uh, we don't consider skin, do we, in our everyday lives? Mm, not really. You should have people knocking on the door saying, have you ever considered skin? 
That would make more sense than what they do knock on my door with. If it's not the window, then that would make more sense. Do you still get There's... people knocking on your door asking you if you've heard the good news or anything? Well, I don't. Don't you? I not mean... since the pandemic, I don't. Well, since the pandemic, the one thing that we've not had, and I, I wouldn't want to come across as a snob, Mike. That would be terrible. <laughs> Heaven wouldn't, forfend. Wouldn't want that. But there is there is an interesting um, scheme at the moment, isn't there? Um, I don't know if you have this around you. Where ex-felons, people who've done a little bit of bird, um, yeah. when they're released to get them back working in society, they say, well, why don't you take all, you know, tea towels and that sort yeah, of thing? Yeah, I've had a couple of and them. And go door to door. Would you like to buy some of these? And but they you tell go, you straight away. That's the, this is that's it. The, that's the thing that puts you sort of immediately into sort of, huh? There's, uh, a, there's a bloody jailbird at my door. Uh, you know, yeah, and, and it's like, uh, hi, I've got a card here. I've just got out of prison. Would you like well, to Oh, should buy I some telephone the police at once? At yes, this point, yes. Uh, Scary. Release the hounds. Scary. Um, yes. I, I, my immediate thought is, of course, that, oh, you know where I live. Well, not even call it. <laughs> but, um, but uh, I, I holding the door that. shut so they don't see all your nice things. That's exactly it. Just face. Uh, uh, oh no! Yes. I'm afraid I don't need no, any tea no. towels today, Mister no. Briggs. No. no. So you get a lot of them near you, do you? Not a lot. Not a lot. But there's been well, maybe one a year. Wow. Something like that. Yeah. Oh no! I had I them always... here once. It was like oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I lie and I say, oh, I'm terribly sorry. I haven't been to the bank today. That means I can't afford them and there's no money in the house, so don't try it. I generally make things up when these people knock on the doors, such as, I'm just doing a job here, mate, sorry. Oh, that's good. Do you, you have see, to do it in a sort of a, a man's voice? Yes, that. This, and this is the utility of putting shelves up and doing my own DIY. Do you see? It gives one the gruff exterior that is needed to add verisimilitude to the role. No, I could do that. I could no. do that. <laughs> improvise. Let's improvise. You, you knock on well, the door. Well, I'm Dustin Hoffman and you're Olivier. That's exactly it. So, tell you what, try it now. Knock on my door and be a jailbird and ask me if I want something. Okay. Okay. Hello. Hello, I've just been released from jail. Would you like to buy some tea towels? Well, I, I'm afraid I'm just doing a job here. I'm, a, I'm afraid I do not believe you, therefore I'm going to come in and cave your head in and nick all your stuff. This is the problem, you see. I'm you no see, good at this sort of role. I no, can't play no, them. No. But if you look like I do, people believe you. And if you if you employ a few phrases, then you can get away with it, you know. Oh, no, I can do that in taxis, though. I'm very good in taxis. Good in taxis. Can you talk football? I can. I've I've got two lines. Okay. Um, right. So uh, the first line is, well, you've got to admit the boy's got talent. 1954, that would have got you through, I think. You're talking about a young Ralph Coates there, I think. It works. It's Well, it's, it's worked once, so that's good. So there's that one. Um, and the other one is, well, I think they've done the best that they can under the circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> what talking about that? the government there? No, no, no. I could be talking about Liverpool Football Club or Leeds FC or so something. So you need to just know one or two key phrases. Well, I think Klopp knows what he's doing. Klopp knows? Yes, Klopp knows. Is that a racist thing, a Klopp knows? No, no, no. no. It's the manager of Liverpool Football Club, Jurgen Klopp. Right. So say that again. Let's practice this. Okay. I think... Klopp knows what he's doing. 
I think Klopp knows what he's doing. <laughs> knows what he's doing. Well, you've got to put the affectation on. You've got to. I you've did. got to change your accent a bit. You've got no, to ab- absolutely with not, Paul. No, if I could change my accent, I'd get a job on EastEnders. I can't do that either. No. Well, no, I, you don't I, just don't get the ca- a taxi. Well, sometimes you have to get taxis. Ooh, well, I drive. Well, uh, common. No, I can't. No, I'm not doing independence, that. dear. So oh. what you need to do is, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. It's not my place. I'm just working here. Sorry, mate. It's not. My... It doesn't work. Right. It right, does try... work. They go. Ah. Okay. Here's somebody, no doubt, who's done a bit of bird themselves, and they leave. Oh, I don't want them thinking that of me. Oh. So your That's... reputation. Your reputation is more important. I don't think it's anything to do with reputation particularly, not wanting a felon to think, oh, you're just like me. <laughs> Absol- absolutely not. <laughs> I am... A felon. So, yeah. Oh, no. Yes, these, no, these, no, no, these no, 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 no. I'm not having any of that. No, but I think... So, sorry, mate, I'm just here doing a job. Yeah. There we go. There you are. Oh, I'll use that. sorry, mate. Me, why? This would be better for you. This would be better for you. This would be like you inhabiting the spirit of Gerald Campion. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Um. Oh, sorry. Uh, my wife handles all the money. Here we go. All right. I'm terribly sorry. My wife handles all the money. Perfect. There you go. There we go. There you go. There we go. He thinks therefore. Um. He gets a nice impression of you. You know, you're a stand-up chap. Allows the wifey to hold the purse strings and uh, wouldn't dare make a financial or mercantile decision without her input. There we go. That's the sort of thing. That's the kind of chat Does that help with being in a taxi, though? Because I can't exactly say, sorry, governor, (laughs) my wife handles the football information. No, no, no. My wife handles all the money. Slam the door and leave. Free cab rides. (laughs) Oh, oh, right, okay. I yeah. think they'd appreciate that. I think, I they'd, think like that. they'd probably chase you with a tyre iron. They don't like not being paid cab drivers. Oh. They well, they're paid really... too much anyway. Why they're is paid it? far too much. Far too much. Now then, I noticed this in about 1998. All of a sudden, the little taxi meter thing, when it became digital, mm. when they were at a stop, they'd be at a traffic light, and it's still going. Yes, like your gas meter. Ha- well, this is the problem, isn't it? Because according to the little written thing, it says 20 pence per every 365 yards or something. And you start to go, well, we're not moving and it's going up. Yes. This isn't on. No, I mean, cabs are a strange one. If you get into, you know, sometimes when you're in London, you <clears throat> just have to jump in a black cab. You just have mm. to. You've no choice. You're in. Yeah. I found a pretty safe way of befriending the man who's driving you around is to talk about how... How big, uh, how big an utter wanker Uber are. Get them on that subject and they'll just talk. You don't need to give any. Oh, I love a black cab better than these fucking Uber wankers, innit? Right. Bosh. And that's it then. You just sit back and have a little show. Oh, okay. I'll write yeah. that one down. Yeah, Uber. But they don't like Uber. My, uh, okay, Uber. My only worry <coughs> is I could conflate the two and a felon could, you know. Knock at the door. All right, Governor, I'm here to steal your house. And I say, ah, what about these Uber wankers? <laughs> yeah, it'd be straight in, I'm afraid. It would be, uh, and the tea towels would simply be used to mop up the blood. You mm. know, so, and, and then he'd take the money out of your wallet for him. 
Oh no! However, no, however, yeah. we ha- we must point out that as enlightened, uh, what are they called, millennium men, uh, whatever, um, uh, we are thoroughly behind the reforms brought about by the Rehabilitation of Offenders Act, aren't we, Paul? Yes. 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 We are in no way suggesting that um, that, that that's what should the tea towel man should be hung. Well, no. under, under Carmichael's law. I'm afraid That's so, you know. What's the knocking what's the on threshold? the window? Knock on the window. Knocking once. on the window. <laughs> we can we can give these people no quarter. Knock on the window <coughs> on the end of the rope. <coughs> Show us your dance moves as you dingle dangle whatever. No, absolutely not. There's Spur the noose, spoil the man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Carmichael's exactly law, not. I should think. Absolutely so, any not. nice things this week, dear? New vaporizer there, I see. Uh, um, yeah, we've got the new vape. It's still a bit plasticky. Not very happy with that. I like crushed it. my last vape. Yeah. I was so angry. Um, absolutely. I was so angry with something. Uh, the lack of quality of a production that I've watched that I, I snapped the damn thing in two. I was a bit like Chris Barry in that filthy rich and cat flap when he's in the director's gallery. Oh, yeah, gallery. Julian! When he's yes. chucking the pencils, breaking. It was exactly that. The trouble is I had th- that in my hand and just pff, snapped it. Yes. So, sack him, sack in... his people, sack his people's people. Precisely yes. that. And then I, w- I was covered in vape juice all day and smelled Ooh. like a... It's not like I'd fallen into a polo factory. Oh. But, uh, no, new vape. But you know what? I think mm, that's about it. Paucity um, of nice things. There is at the minute. I, 1984 <coughs> will be will be here in a few days. And on the same day, my new record player needle will arrive. It's very strange. It's very strange, really, because I don't mind the job of changing the needle because mm. it's a little bit fiddly. And so is having a record player. You know, mm. so I, I like that. I don't like the delay. I'd like to do it now because I've suddenly also realised how much I need that machine through mm. there. I need that. So this morning when I, I uh, woke up, I thought, what should we listen to? And I forgot about the needle situation for a minute. Um, and I noticed, because I've picked up some Goon Show albums yeah. from a local charity shop, four of them, lovely. I can't listen to them. And suddenly it's, well, I don't want to watch television. Well, do you want to know my philosophy with all these things? Mm. You buy two needles so that when this one goes, there's one in the drawer. See, that's sensible, but... That's the way I run my life, matey. Here's the problem I've got. Mm. When I look on Amazon, I could either get six needles for eight eight quid. Eight quid for six? Right, but... But then I look at the one that actually says that it's designed for my record player rather than mm-hmm. fitting it, and one of them is 26 quid. So you buy two of them? Well, I've got one. Maybe I should just get two. You should get two. Because when these two. things go, it's like that old um, concept, isn't it? We don't notice things until they break. Mm. You just take everything for granted. Well, it's that, but it's also, of course, the other point is with, you know, the whole nuclear apocalypse, thinking yes. about my running my TV station. Oh, yes. Well, what I'm thinking here is it might take a short amount of time for men to work out how this works. Yes. Radio is easier, though. So I've got lots of nice records. I can set up a rudimentary radio service. Yes. So I've got to make sure that I've got a, a, a certain number of needles, otherwise I can't entertain the masses with uh, my... 
with my Noel Gordon Sings LP. Noel Gordon live in Cabaret. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, radio is the one that would be the most effective way to re-establish communication, wouldn't it? Hmm. You know, yeah, was it, it shortwave that would be the easiest? Shortwave would be the easiest, and presumably that's the one that is most difficult to jam. Um, and I do know that there's that thing that said, um, and I've no reason to disbelieve it, but apparently one of the key things that uh, nuclear submarines will listen out for when um, when they're being told, we're on this footing that we're likely to have to mm. launch, to check that uh civilization is still alive they see if radio 4 is still broadcasting and they do it specifically at seven o'clock to see if the arches is on because if the wow. arches isn't on there's a problem there you go i, I agree there's i think they're right mm. i think they're I absolutely right absolutely agree with that um so this week nice things wise for me because i've put mm. loads more shelves up um, told you you could i told know you there was space and I, I managed to, but um, yeah, it's strange because, um, so I've bought lots of nice things uh, whilst um, having my alcohol holiday last year that yeah. I completely forgot about. So as a result, the last week I have got like six, no, I've got two months worth of nice things. And it's just like, oh, right, to the point where I realized I bought Graham McCann's Dad's Army book twice. <laughs> Excellent. <clears throat> oh right, that's how you do that. Is it? I've got two mind of evils. Yeah. I've I've got yeah. Oh, is, just buy that. I've not got it. Yes, you have. <laughs> it's just in a cupboard. You know. <laughs> so things I'd forgotten I'd bought. Andy Priestner's hmm. Secret Army book. Um, what else had I forgotten I'd bought? Harry H. Corbett, The Front Legs of the Cow by his daughter. Oh, um, is that the Susanna Corbett? That yeah. book. That's that's an excellent book. But I here we that. are. Now available in both hardback and paperback, if you mean. <laughs> Excellent um, work. So, yeah, I bought that twice, obviously. I liked it so much uh, that I've not read it yet. Uh, but mm. I bought it twice. Do you think that Graham Lord and Graham McCann divvied up Wilson and Mannering? Because, you know... I think possibly they did. I'm Both of the, uh, as authors, I love both their books. Oh, was, it yes. Graham, was it Graham Lord who did the Jeffrey Bernard one, just the one? Yes, that's yeah. a wonderful That's downstairs. Uh, Graham McCann and Lord feature on this shelf quite a bit. So you've yeah. got The Essential Dave Allen, which was sent to me by Graham McCann a few years back, which was very nice of him, uh, mm -hmm. thanks to the Mausoleum Club. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and Graham Lord did a very, very fine book on the real James Herriot, Alf White, um, which sits up there with all the original novelizations and, of course, Oliver Crocker's recent... Um, book on it, which I've also mm. not looked at. But yeah, it's been a great week for finding nice things. That's good. Um, Have you had time to look at your JNT book yet? No. I've got oh. like, look, fuck that, it's never going back in. Um, I don't need it anyway. <laughs> I've got two copies. That's why I asked you last night if you had it. Oh, because right. I have two. I think I actually do have that one in softback. I've probably got a hardback of it as well somewhere as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah. No, I've no, not looked at it yet. No, you've, got, you've done well there, though, dear. That's a oh, hi. I've got some bloody things. stuff here to watch. I tell you, boys from the black stuff DVD, which is it's old. I've, I've had that for ages, but I'm sure I mentioned it before. Uh, the play for today book. We've talked about this before. 
Oh, the Irene Schubert book. Yes, yes. I snafu'd one of those, obviously, with uh, there's Leonard on the front there. He was fantastic uh, in the year of the Sex Olympics, which I watched again this week. Yes, and so I, you've uh, suggested uh, I should have a look at that, and indeed I've got it right here on, my, on this computer. Well, here, I found really a very, watch. very rare photo of... Uh, I've just tweeted it. Um, mm. So if you have a look at my Twitter because it only exists in black and white. Um, if you're able to look at Twitter, go have a look at that photo I've just tweeted. It's Ooh, absolutely wow. delicious. Gives one a real sense of what's going on there. Let's have a little look. So that's a picture of Brian Cox and Leonard Rossiter, because the black and white really does not do it justice. There we go. Look at that. Isn't Get onto that his Twitter. Have a look at that. Brian Cox. Oh, my it's God. lovely. And not the man. professor, obviously. No. Um, oh, no, that's beautiful. And, of course, that's the thing is, uh, 1968, we should have been able to watch Year of the Sex Olympics in full colour. We've got the 16mm black and white film. Mm. I mean, Is there I'm no chroma recovery in it? I'm, I'm looking at it. I see no chroma dots at the moment. I can't see any. They could have been taken out, though. That's the thing. But... Um, yeah, it's a stunning production. Again, Nigel Neal, who also wrote 1984. Um, yeah. The one thing I would love to see of his... Quatermass. Um, oh, well, obviously, the Quatermass experiment, but probably never recorded. Probably. Ooh. Apparently, possibly. Because um, right. Toby Haydock has been working on a book about uh, the Quatermass TV series. And he's uncovered evidence that suggests that episodes 3, 4 and 5 were recorded so they could then take little bits of um, film and use those for a recap each week. So it might have been. Um, year of the Sex Olympics, I'm having a look. I can't see, I can't see any colour. Your camera's gone off, dear. I know, everything's gone off. Oh, I know. These things happen. But, um, yeah, I see what you mean now. You've got Rossiter's reactions here. Um, with the credits starting to roll over him, that's that's a lovely thing, isn't it? Oh, there you oh, are. Yeah, yeah. I managed to uh, 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 wires, man. Wires, um, wires everywhere. Yeah, I don't want to spoil yeah. the ending for people, but no. the ending, mm. stunning the stuff. Ending. Stunning, and to see Brian Cox in this early work, oh, it's, just people, it's amazing, it's just, isn't it? He's brilliant. People know him now for Succession on HBO. Very, very good, but uh, proper. Proper acting. Brilliant in that. He's so good oh. in that. I don't know <clears throat> if it never registered with me beforehand that it was Brian Cox. I'm not even sure it did. It must have registered with me. Is it, <clears throat> Has he got the Scottish accent or has he gone RP here? I think it's it's sort of... There's a lilt there. But right, he's, okay. he's still Scottish, yeah, but it, it, it's not really... You know, it's not over the top. But yeah. he's fucking ruthless. It's just such an odd, odd, odd vision of the future, which is very much, you know, 1968 vision of the future. You know, they look like they're all refugees from Haight Ashbury in that get-up, don't they? Yeah, You can really see do. it in the colour. Um, but I well, like how it's... In Sorry, go on. You know, well, I was going to say the most fascinating thing is, of course, it was predicting the future and people sat, sat around watching certain things. Well, we've gone past that now because essentially this is predicting Big Brother. As in it is predicting program. Big Brother. I mean, which has been and gone now. And also, what I think is sort of really um, clever of Nigel Neal when he was writing this 
is just how much the audience dictate the public dictate what TV produces. Yes. So the <clears throat> the dynamic in this is there's a real it's a sort of they're watching the so they are spending more time watching the audience than the audience are watching the TV mm. is effectively it. And it's kind of they're watching the audience's reaction in real time, aren't they? Whether they like it, whether they fall asleep. And mm. the idea behind the world is a world free of pain. It's that utopia thing, isn't it? Mm. Whereby um does our pain define us? And and yeah. Nigel Neal's conclusion, obviously, well, it, it's not just his conclusion, it's his uh, thesis, isn't it, that pain does indeed define us. So yeah. <clears throat> um, when they come across the pictures that make them feel feelings they've never felt before, mm. you know, I'm really trying to skirt around it because I do, I really do advise people to go and watch this, please. Um, so I don't want to tell you too much. But when um, they start feeling negative emotions as such, mm. it's it's so well done. Um, and when, oh, when they go to the island, I don't really... I'm trying not to tell people what happens. But mm. anyway, watch it. Just it's watch it. A work of genius, that one. But what, what wasn't a work of genius that Neil did? One which I'd love to see of his. Kinvig. <coughs> hmm? Kinvig. No. Um, but what, <laughs> no, what I'd Kinvig's love, actually really still see. good. Well, yeah, I'd watch, I'll watch it by all means. But in terms of undiscovered stuff, he, he uh, adapted Wuthering Heights. Oh. Nigel Neal does Wuthering Heights. 1962. Oh, definitely not seen it. Is it no. exist? It exists. Um, it's being shown at the BFI this month because they're having, um, excuse me, a centenary um, Nigel Neal um, sh- series of showings. And they're showing Wuthering Heights along with 1984 and lots of other stuff. I'd love to see that. That's never had a release. Um, and I think that's because Wuthering Heights is one of those things that they've done so often they can't release them all. There's a 1967 Wuthering Heights starring mm. Ian McShane that is beautiful mm. absolutely beautiful but if you've put out there with ian mcshane why would you put the 1962 one out mm. with nobody particularly famous in it <clears throat> i'd love to see that and i'd love to see the road which was a ghost story set in the 1700s where people start hearing these noises and seeing these visions and they're seeing ghosts from the future and what they're seeing is people laying a motorway 200 years later wow. um that's wiped we won't ah, see God. that. There is a, there's a, they did a new radio adaptation of maybe a year ago or so. I think Mark Gattis did that. Um, mm. But Nigel Neal was asked whilst he was still alive, how would you feel about somebody remaking uh, The Road? And his reply was, absolutely not. Right. That was it. We've right. done that. No. We did it. Why would you try and better what we did? You can't see it. Bad luck. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Um... The, speaking of the BFI, I think it'll be when this goes out as well. Um, Sunday 10th? 11th? Yes. I don't know. 10th. One of them. Um, there's a Wurzel Gummage event at um, at the BFI by the people of Ten Acre. Um, and funnily enough, it's strange that these... Because the Masters, there's a, there's a great story that they're going to tell on Sunday and you can find out... Um, from the at 10 acre films twitter but i'd done some work for channel 5 about 2020 it would have been it was late 2020 i was editing for them some documentaries <clears throat> and so i was on 
this um, internal sort of ITN email list. And then mm. it turned up, we've got all these film cans. They've been delivered by a courier. Does anyone know what they are or where they should go? And it was all the masters for all four series and the Christmas special of Wurzel Gummidge. Mm. The very masters that they've just re- remastered. So ah. they could have been kicking around in the cellar of uh, ITN on the um, Gray's Inn Road in London. Had I not, well, no, I'm sure they would have found the way on, but I emailed Stuart at Ten Acre, or Richard, mm. or both, straight away, and I was just like, uh, look, is this anything to do with you? And they were like, oh, yeah, um, oh, right, they've been delivered to the wrong place. He said, it's very hush-hush, but they're about to go out on BritBox and the, we need the masters and all this. So um, that was like over Christmas 2020. It was a weird, a weird happening to have a very small footnote in the story of making sure that the masters went to their rightful home so they found the all all the original um positives i think they are i don't think the the negatives but they've done brand new transfers from these and they look spectacular apparently so that's on uh this sunday i'm sure it's sold out but i look forward to the box set and all the extras I provided Blue one. Ray Wurzel. Oh. Yeah, I provided one for him. I think it's, what was it, Look South or something like that? What was ITV's Granada reports down there? Southerns. Um, oh, God, Coast to Coast? No. Something like um, that. It, uh, day by Day or... Yes, that's it. Day by Day. Day by Day. Day, yeah. by day. With uh, Bailden, Stubbs and Pertwee all in character being interviewed on it. <clears throat> it's a good chunk. It's about eight minutes long. Um mm-hmm. uh, Hopefully they found a better quality version than the one I sent them it was like, you know, tenth generation VHS or something like that. But mm. um, it's a very nice thing indeed. Oh, um, yes. And I hesitate for us to go down the Pertwee route um, as as we we get complaints. Oh, there he is! Oh, I hadn't noticed him. Yeah. Um, we can talk about Pertwee without talking about a specific show, though, we can't can. we? I mean, we can. just about. Pertwee is a lovely thing. He's a very lovely thing. He's, he is he indeed is. a very lovely thing. I mm. love his honesty, as I said last week, about the money side of things. Because we yes. tend to brush that under the carpet, don't we? It's like, ooh, we we do. I mean, these... Well, there is a bit of that these days, and everything's just done via, via computers and things like that, whereas Pertwee was old school, wasn't he? Mm. He... Turn up to an event, get the little brown envelope, count it up. Okay, let's perform. Let's go. Lovely. But we mentioned you mentioned Super Ted yesterday. Mm. So th- that was that was great, wasn't it? It was like I think there was Super Ted and Banana Man that were kind of contemporaneous, weren't they? They were. I think I think Banana Man possibly came first. My feeling is Banana Man was eighty two, eighty three, something like that, and Super Ted, which was of course originally an S four C production. That's right. So yeah. If you want to see the originals, they're all in Welsh. Um, but um, I think that was eighty four that came out. But uh, yeah, wonderful. So you get Derek Griffiths and John Pertwee working together. Now there's Melvin a photo Hayes. I want to see. Melvin Hayes. Imagine that photo of the three of them recording. Oh, Matt, it's got to be out there, surely. It, it must. Must be somebody must have taken a photo. Yeah. Um, oh, Super Ted. That's that's a lovely warming thing. Mm. And tell you one I I encountered the other day. Suddenly in my head, there it is for the first time in ages. Alias the Jester. Oh God, remember yeah, that? I remember that. Yeah. Richard Briers, Brian Wilde, um, Brian Truman. Um, 
That's a cracking little series. You Only could just get episodes. these people because they were all alive. It was just like, oh, let's get, you know, let's get Foggy and, uh, mm. you know, Tom Good together. Absolutely. That's a, there's so many lovely series. And at <clears> that <throat> point, I suppose we've got to say also, it's a slightly sad this week, um, David McKee, who is the originator of uh, Mr. Ben and King Rollo, yes. um, passed 87. away yesterday. Yeah, 87 was Eighty-seven, a yeah. grand old age. Yeah. So King Rollo, I remember. <clears throat> what was the other thing you said? Mister Ben. Oh well, Mister Ben. Festive Road. Yes, absolutely. Um, and Festive Road's real. I didn't realise this. Festive Road is a real place where he grew up. Mm. And the man who certainly in twenty twenty, when I saw a clip, the man who lives in the in Mister Ben's house, dresses as Mister Ben. And wow. welcomes people into the house in the character of Mr. Ben. Lovely. Um, it's a lovely little interview which the BBC has put out. If you look for the um, the news announcement of David McKee's death on yeah. their website, and they've got this lovely interview with him where um, he reveals that uh, if I had to give him a first name, I think it would be William, which is yeah. a lovely touch. William yes. Ben. That idea being that he could be just anyone. He's not an interesting character. He's just a bloke who these things yeah. happen to. So you can relate to him. Everybody knew a Mr. Ben leaving and coming back in his suit each day. So, oh. And also so, June Brown this week, Doc Cotton to her fans, I suppose. Doc Cotton <clears throat> and so many other things. As oh, well. God, a lovely, yeah. Lovely photo of her playing Hedda Garbler from the 1950s. God, she was striking, angular, yeah, beautiful, angular features. It's insane, um, isn't it? That's all we know of her. But I mean, that's the epitaph. That's the way things are. That's it. Isn't that's exactly it? it. And of course, she did work with Mr. Pertwee in the programme we didn't talk about. Yes, in the Time Warrior. Wonderful performance there as a medieval lady. So, um, what is oh. it she says? The words they use are unfamiliar, but I think I know their meanings, or something like that. That's it. Yes, can't think of the line. She's great when she shows up in anything. I mean, she's brilliant in the Sweeney. You know, mm. totally believable. I mean, I know it's the role she went on to sort of, uh, you know, uh, ossify as as um, Dot Cotton, but I yeah. mean. She was great on on Graham Norton, which was probably ten years ago now, with Lady Gaga, who ended up. I'm sure Lady Gaga's tweeted about her dying. Mm, Wouldn't yeah. surprise me. No, no, absolutely. <clears throat> there's a lovely. It's lovely, isn't it? Just watching her like that, and it also made me think that um, lovely Queenie Watts. I'm a mm. big fan of Queenie Watts. She'd have been perfect in EastEnders, wouldn't she? Oh I mean, my she, God, yeah. She can't have died very long before it. 1980. Um, well, it's yeah, only four she, years, eh? Or five? It is, but, I mean, yes, Queenie Watts only made it to 56, I'm afraid. God almighty, what was that all about? Just oh, that, That's the fags, I think. Fags. I think it was the fags that did it. Um, lovely. God, she was a hell of a performer. And owned a pub. Yeah. And sang jazz. And if you want to get hold of her album uh, through Discogs, it's currently going for about £720. Oh, dear, really? Do a re-release of that someone. I want to listen to Queenie Watts. Yes. I'm not paying £750. There's lots of things that they need to re-release. <clears throat> I've been looking over stuff the last week where it's like, you know, because now that the brain chemistry's returned to normal, it's kind of like collating collections and stuff like that. It's like, right, I want that. Oh, I'll mm. have a look on the internet. No. Huh? Mm. It's like, how much? 
Yes. You know, it's like that Ghost Stories for Christmas book, which apparently is not very good with the forward by Mark Gatiss, mm. where apparently Lawrence Gordon Clark, if you just watch his introdu- introductions on the DVD, it's you, you know, it's just what he says in this book. Right. Um, so it's the stories. Have you got it? No, I've not got that. No. No. It's not like sure I'll bother. Lots of money. Mm. Well, it'd look nice next to the DVDs, wouldn't it? That's the trouble, yeah. I mean, this is where the spines become a problem. The spines are the problem. The spine might be beautiful, even if the content isn't. You know, it's that sort of thing. I mean, that this is partly why I'm thinking I need to invest in a full run of Blue Peter books, because the spines... That's just, oh, yeah. The books there are, they are shite. Just there. It's like the Doctor Absolute Who shite. shite. I mean, these are shite, but you have to have them. You know, um, the War Diaries of René Artois that I obviously Dreadful. bought... Dreadful. Dreadful. And volume I, two. Oh, no. I got that. I didn't get the books. I, I got that because the um, the reading of that was released. The reading by Gordon Kay was released right. on BBC Radio Collection. And I was struck by how unfunny it was. Yeah, it's dreadful. But but they Awful. look nice on the shelf. Yeah. <clears throat> um, this is not dreadful. Another drunken purchase from last year oh. that I paid a lot more than I should have for. Um, but it's the Shine on Harvey Moon novelization and that's really good mm. do you like that series or is it too never common? seen it haven't got there yet oh another atv no. production I first series central. first series oh. atv uh, 1979 I, I imagine the first series is quite good and then it went downhill same same everyone when it returned you know now, memory, memory suggests here that this was a wit's end production for yeah. Central at some point. Well, right? what it okay. is, is, what it is, is, right, witness slang. <laughs> um, what it is, is, right, mate. Um, weirdly, that first series of half hour, well, 24 minutes with the ads cut out. It's because it was an hour long show, but the first series is an half hour, 24 minutes. Mm. So the first series, six episodes, first five, ATV mm. logo. Last one, central logo. Oh. Mm. Odd. That's mm. odd. Yeah. Of course, I ended up editing it and putting the ATV logo back on the sixth episode because... And, and now I sit here going, why? Because it's important. It's it's not. It's actually historically inaccurate. I yeah. know. Yeah, I know. But it's, but it's nice, isn't it? It's a nice it is thing nice to have, to have consistency. Yeah, absolutely. In the same way as how I really, really had to when I was quite young. I had to edit together both sides of the pescatons into one long flowing piece of work. Um, I don't know why. I doubt I ever listened to it. Um, I do recall, though, um, that with the pescatons, um, there was an audio tape of it um, in the library by us. And I took that out. It was the first time I'd ever heard it. But the first time that you hear a pescaton roaring and it does a proper that goes on for ages, <laughs> someone had someone had stuck some blue tack um, in the tabs and brilliantly, just at that moment when it roars, had released a colossal fart. Oh, that's a shame you don't have that. It really is. It was a. Pr- it was like a beefy <laughs> fart. Is the only way to describe it. it was, Pants ripping sort of thing, and then it just goes seamlessly back to the narration with Baker talking again. It was, I, I was in equal measures 
absolutely delighted and in hysterics whilst being utterly disgusted at the oh, same time. I love um, Kenneth Williams on Parkinson where he's on about working with his, oh, what was it, Dame? Who's he on about? Like, I want to say Dame May Whitty, but it wasn't. I just like Edith the... Evans? Yes, that's it. Yeah. Edith Evans. And he's on about the old porter at the theatre. I'll save some fish for you, miss, and all that stuff. <laughs> and he bent down to get the fish, and as he did so, broke wind with... <laughs> Alarming ferocity. I just love that. Alarming ferocity. And uh, he brings the fish up. And Edith Evans not sort of, you know, registering the fart because she was a lady. It's just like, this place has gone off terribly. (laughs) Oh, man. Alarming ferocity. (laughs) Parkinson just cracks up on that. I mean, he does. Oh, that's wonderful. He does. We used to did we used to like Emu on Parkinson or did he spoil it? I used to love Emu. Oh, I, I loved, loved Emu. Loved it. I loved the fact that that bird would just go for your bollocks. Yeah, that was except when it was kids, thing. it was a bit dodgy then, wasn't it? Bit dodgy then, but if it was Parky, you know, at some point Rod Hill's going to go right for the bollocks and. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Just a man assaulting people. Rod Hull, there were so many men who looked like Rod Hull when we were kids. Mm. Weren't there? There were loads of Rod Hulls about. It's oh, like every my... town's got a David Icke, right? Have you got yes. one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you Who's see him one? around the shop, right? Pot belly, the white hair with the part in. Mm-hmm. Him and his missus, it's like, all right, it's the local David Icke. Because I think the council... Oh, mind you, we're not in the EU now, so maybe they're not obligated to, to keep one. Um, Possibly not. But... The amount of rod holes you had as a kid. Mm. Brilliant. It was amazing. Uh, we've, we've got a David Icke um, chap who in the village um, who seems to constantly just uh, design petitions. And every, every time I see him, there's a new petition. And it will be about something I've no idea about. The council want to re-tarmac somebody's driveway. We can't be allowing this. I'll sign anything that he's got, to be honest. Oh, so you've because... got an active Ike. We we have oh. a passive one round here. He just goes to the Morrisons with his missus and sort of doesn't look happy. Oh, right. Now, ours active is an aggressive Ike. Yeah, aggressive Ike, I would say. Ooh. But, you see, whereas I have difficulty with the, with the prisoners who come to the door hmm. and occasionally with the taxi drivers i've learnt with mr with mr ike here what i have to do is just mr. show IKEA. interest mr ike here and what i have to do is show a little interest sign his petition and then just go oh, i've got to go i've, I've got to. but because i've shown interest he doesn't have to talk me into it the difficulty being now that he thinks i'm on his side oh does he uh, does he believe you are mr e hitler i think he might do yeah right um, okay but he's constantly inviting me. Do I want to go and protest something? Mm, it's um, the Rumpel response. Pressures of work. Absolutely. Mm, afraid. I love to, but can't, I'm afraid. Mm, that's it all the time, isn't it? Pressures of work. We know yeah. all about the pressures of work, don't we, dear? Well, well, we do at the moment, don't we, dear? There's been a we lot do. of those. Yes. Um, and, and as a result, I'm still running low on energy. Uh, and I've kind of run out of things to say. Yeah. Yes. Well, shall we? There, shall we? There's an hour for you. That do you? Yeah. yeah. I'll do. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well then, we shall be back bristling with energy next week for our Easter special. Absolutely oh, yes. no doubt on that. Full as eggs. So have a lovely week, all of you at home. And until the next time, goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs>
Nice Things, The Antidote to Modern Living was presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production.